Good evening. Bill McGuire, I love Bill. Bill, I love you. He, uh, he told me that, uh, he said, you know, this morning, you need to kind of be careful what you preach on. Now, this is a joke, all right? So y'all laugh, even if it ain't funny, all right? <laughs> Help me out. He said, uh, you need to be careful what you preach on. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you preached on walking on water, and look what happened downstairs. He said, so just make sure next week you don't preach on hell. <laughs> but I don't want to go there, amen? I got a little laugh. That felt good. I'll get there one day. Sammy usually comes with the good ones, but... <clears throat> Have you ever done something that you really weren't proud of? And then someone finds out and asks you about it? Have you ever gotten upset and said something ugly about somebody? And then that person finds out and then later on comes and confronts you about it? Have you ever seen something bad happen and you didn't say anything? Somebody came up and asked you if you saw it, and you didn't say you saw it. And then later on, someone knows that you saw it and confronts you and said, you lied. Think about those situations. Maybe you've been a part of those. Maybe uh, at some point in your life, maybe recently you've been involved in something like that. What is that feeling that you get from that, you feel ashamed. You know the, the red face feeling when you're just busted. Being ashamed is it's never a good feeling. You know, it, it makes you feel bad about yourself. You disapprove of your own actions or accomplishments. You feel like you don't meet your own standard of behavior behavior. You feel inferior. You believe you're a bad person. You blame yourself for making a mistake. You did wrong even though you could have done right. People have things that they're ashamed of and do things that they truly regret doing. And being ashamed of doing the wrong thing even though it makes us feel bad, that's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Because if we have done something wrong, then we need to face that situation, and a part of that situation is being embarrassed or, or being ashamed because you've actually done something wrong. But what about if you're embarrassed or ashamed of something that ain't wrong? What about if you're ashamed or embarrassed of something that's right, holy, pure, and perfect? What about if you're ashamed of the gospel? 
What does that do for the body of Christ? What does that say about us as Christians? If you would, turn with me to Romans 1.16. And if I had to pick a verse, me personally, that would be my favorite verse. Romans 1.16 is my favorite verse. And I want to expound this lesson from Romans 1.16. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Paul tells us in the verse that he is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. By making that statement, he understands, and we understand this too, how powerful, how awesome the gospel is. And we see this because of the next statement that he makes. He says, For it is the power of God to salvation... For everyone who believes. This evening I want to encourage us as we look at this verse. This verse. To look at our lives. And really think about what our desire and what our purpose for life is. And I know many of us understand what the gospel is and many of us know the gospel probably better and could tell it better than me. But we need to be reminded of it. We need to talk about it. We need to let it be fresh on our minds. Because it's the power of God to salvation for people. I had a friend... I had a friend that I've known for a long time, for 16 years. He was my first boss. And, and I looked up to him, and we did some really terrible things together. But when I obeyed the gospel, I was excited to tell people about Jesus. I was excited to tell people uh, the truth. But I met with this guy just last week. And we talked about old times and we talked about, you know, how work was going and the things that he was doing. And, and he asked me, he said, uh, so how do, do you feel about being the pastor? And how do you feel about uh, running the church now? And I said, well... First of all, I'm not a pastor. And second of all, I don't run a church. And so, from Scripture, I was able to show him. I said, now we do have pastors at my congregation. At the congregation that I attend, we do have pastors. We actually have six. And he, you know, that blew him away. He couldn't figure that out. What are you talking about? 
And I said, and it's not my church. It's Christ's church. That's why I go to the church of Christ. And so I was able to, through the Scripture, show him the truth. And you know what he told me? I've never heard that before. I've never heard that. And you just showed me in the Bible that truth. And what that led into was me actually being able to show him the gospel. And I was able to tell him, and I want to go through it tonight, not just at the end of the lesson, I want to walk through it tonight. And I want to encourage us to have this fresh on our mind for when we go out in the week and think about how awesome and pure and perfect The unadulterated truth is. As I was telling him this, he had tears in his eyes. It was a great study. Great study. I was able to show him, you must, and I'm not going to get into it because we're fixing to talk about it anyway. But we got into the lesson and, and, you know, as we were talking about these things, I kept seeing that he'd tear up and he'd calm down, he'd tear up and he'd calm down. And finally, when we get done, here he is, and he says it again. I've never heard that before. Think about all the mission work going on around the world, and that is awesome. It is great for these people. And people in India are obeying the gospel and the truth. But let me tell you something. People here don't know the truth. They've never heard it. He told me, finally as he was fixing to leave, he said, man, I, just, I knew something was weighing on. I knew something was going on with him. And he said, you know, I need to tell you something. I said, what's up, man? He said, I had gotten into some trouble and I had kind of went to a rehab and, and the people there told me that I needed to find a, something spiritual to look to for guidance. Think about that. Think about the advice that that these people gave him. Find somebody spiritual. Didn't even say God. He said, I only knew one person in my family that was even remotely religious. And it was my grandma. And I called her and I told her that I needed to find somebody spiritual. And she said, well, you need Jesus. which I thought was great advice. 
And he said what she told me to do was that I needed to get down on my knees and I needed to ask Jesus into my heart and then I would be saved. And that's what I did. And I believed I was a Christian until today. I felt like I was a Christian until you told me the truth. Well, right up front, you know that makes me feel bad, but you know what? It really doesn't. Because it didn't make him feel bad. He said, I appreciate you telling me the truth, and all you told me was what the Bible said. But here's the bad part. I've known him for all those years, and when I obeyed the gospel, it would probably been five years that I still talked to him, probably not five, probably three, that I knew the truth. And you know, all the things that we talked about, he'd ask me about homosexuality, he'd ask me about all kinds of things, language, any type of uh, situation in the world he would ask me about. And you know what? Not one time did I ever tell him the gospel. Jesus Christ could have came back. Huh? I had the opportunity. I had the Bible open. I could have gave him the truth, but I didn't. I want to encourage us and and I want to encourage me. This has encouraged me to even more so look for opportunities to tell somebody the gospel because Jesus Christ can come back at any time. Is there somebody in your life that you know doesn't understand the truth? Is there somebody around you that you can affect their life in a way that they could hear something spiritual and you can tell them the truth or lead them to somebody who can help you tell them the truth. I use this, I use this uh, chapter in the Bible and it, it's such a great chapter and I don't have time to deal with it, but 2 Corinthians 4, Paul gets it. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not in us. Everything that I do is going to bring glory and honor to God. The treasure that he had was the truth. The treasure that he had was the gospel. Question. Will we share it? Is the treasure in our life the gospel? You know, we talked about what your treasure is, but really and truly, when it gets down to it, what's our purpose in life? I mean, these men, their purpose, their sole purpose in life was to give people the truth. 
and the opportunity to have something. Oh man, have something that'll last forever. I want to talk about the gospel briefly. I want to walk through it. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-9 tells us Jesus is coming back. I'm quoting, not quoting this exactly. I'm paraphrasing it. In flame and fire, and He's going to seek vengeance on those who don't know God and don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know God. How do you know God? By our love and appreciation for what Jesus did. 1 John 4, 8-9 through tells us, He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. We know God by seeing the love He bestowed on us by giving us Jesus. So how do we obey the gospel? I want to give us three changes. I want to encourage us uh, when we're talking to somebody, you can use this. Three changes that have to come in order to obey the gospel. The first change that needs to happen is you need to have a change of heart. Not this thing beaten here, but your mind. A change of heart. A change of heart comes with faith. And you can only get faith by what? Hearing. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Boy, I tell you what. This sword is sharp. It cut him. It cut this boy. It cut me too. It will cut. The Word of God can soften the hardest hearts. Amen? And we understand the heart that I'm talking about is the mind. If we are really willing to hear what the Word of God says, then as that process of what is being read, when you're talking to somebody about the gospel and you're telling them uh, what Jesus did and and what He did for you, then people will start to realize in their own mind what they're not doing right. Right? And maybe they'll come to the conclusion, just like my buddy, just like me. I'm not a Christian. What? But how can I be a Christian? By the end of the talk, he knew how to become a Christian. He knew how. And in a sense, he was eager to want to know more about it. You know, Jesus is so awesome and we talked about Him this morning. He came from heaven. He humbled Himself into the body of a man. He was tempted in every way, yet without sin. 
And by doing that, He was able to take our sin, put it on Himself, and be our sacrifice, and take our punishment. And He died our death for us because He loved us. He was mocked. He was beat. And He died. But three days later, He arose from the dead. And in that, we see the faith of Christ and we see the power of God through the life of Christ. Amen. You can tell somebody this. And when they hear this, they can understand who Jesus is. What's our purpose? What's our focus in life? I understand we want things. And I understand we want to do great things for our family. But guess what? All this is going to pass away. It'll all pass away. And then you'll stand in front of Jesus and you'll have to say, How'd I do? And Jesus may actually say to you, I don't even know who you are. John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I don't want to, I'm not standing up here trying to get on you. I'm trying to encourage y'all to do something for somebody. I felt ashamed that I didn't tell that boy the truth. I felt bad that I didn't tell him the truth. He could have died. And I had an opportunity to tell him. Now he knows now, thank the Lord, that Jesus didn't come back for him. The second thing that we need to have a change in if we are uh, going to obey the gospel is a change of life. This change comes from repentance. When you decide to repent, it can be tough. Amen? You ever want to realize that repentance is hard sometimes? To turn from something that you've done, to turn from a way that you've been living... When you're telling people this, some people, it's hard for them to understand that and grasp that. They've got so much stuff going on, it's hard for them to leave that. But I love what 2 Corinthians 7, turn there real quick if you would. I love what this says. Second Corinthians 7, verses 9 and 10. It says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from, it, from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. 
sorrowful repentance, thinking about Jesus and thinking about turning to a life with Him leads to salvation. Amen? You know, you, you, you in a sense beat them down, but you bring them up. They understand that if I repent and turn from this, it's going to put, put me in the direction of living for Jesus and living for Him and doing the things He wants me to do. But repentance is not an option if you want to obey the gospel. If you haven't really repented and you got baptized, you just got wet. Acts 3.19 says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance doesn't change the past, but it starts your future. Oh, that's good. I didn't make that up. Repentance doesn't change what you've done, but it starts how you're going to live. You give them hope. If you're here tonight and you haven't obeyed the gospel, when you repent and you turn from your sins, you have hope. But also in changing your life, you're willing to confess. In Acts 8.37, the Ethiopian eunuch, I don't have time to get into the story, but Philip went to him... uh, the eunuch was reading a, a scripture in the Old Testament and it was about Jesus. And the eunuch wanted to know about it and Philip said, hey, can I hop in your, your carriage and I'll tell you about him. And from, from where he was at, he preached Jesus to him. Now, it doesn't give the specifics about it, but he says, later on down the road, he says, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized? And he says, if you believe, you may. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When you change your life and you're willing to repent and turn from your old ways, then you don't have a problem telling people, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe what He did. But without confession in front of others... You can't be saved. So not only do we have to have a a change of heart, but you've got to have a change of life. And finally, I love these three points. This is such a great study to have with somebody. A change of heart, a change of life, and a change of relationship. And the change of relationship comes through the waters of baptism. Baptism is not essential. What? Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
You know, you may have heard and you may have believed and you said, I'm going to repent and I'll confess Jesus is the Son of God, but I'm saved, right? No, you're still outside of Christ. To be baptized is to be put into Christ. And the only way that you are allowed to be put into Christ is what Acts 2.38 says. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So once you've repented, you can be baptized. Because you already believe what Jesus did. And you're willing to confess in front of anybody that you believe Jesus is the Son of God. And when you come out of the water, you become a Christian. Like they were called uh, first in Acts 11, 26 in Antioch, they were first called Christians. And now your relationship is to the Lord. And when Jesus says in Revelation 2.10, Be faithful unto death and you'll receive the crown of life. What He means is, from this point on, I'm going to live for Him. I'll do what He wants me to do. I'll keep His commandments. I won't forsake the assembly. I don't want to. So I think about Paul and I think about what he said in Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. We have a precious life changing treasure within us brothers and sisters And you know, we may think, and sometimes I do, I hate to say it. No, I've heard that all, I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, live faithful. But my friend never heard it. Not one time has he ever heard that. And we're not promised tomorrow. Amen. My encouragement and my prayer as I was studying for this lesson was that we will come out of these doors and be pumped up and be excited to tell somebody the truth or point them towards the truth. Have it on our mind. Have it in our agenda. Lord, be with me today. Be with me this morning. Because you know what? I want to be effective for the kingdom. I want to change things for somebody. I want to give them hope that they've never had before.
when Jesus, before He ascended, and I end with this, Mark 16, 15, He said, Go into all the world. My brothers and sisters, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Think about the opportunities you have. Think about the people that you know. Think about the the situations that you're into. And find a way to tell them the truth. I love y'all very much and I thank God that I'm able to present the unadulterated truth. And brothers and sisters... Never be ashamed of this. Never. If you need to obey the gospel, if you need the prayers of the saints, come right now. Together we stand and sing.